Welcome to Real Foot Forward, a West Tennessee podcast from Discovery Park of America in Union City, Tennessee. Today's episode is brought to you by the Ducks Unlimited podcast. Zach, welcome to Real Foot Forward, a West Tennessee podcast where we explore the history, the people, and the culture of our home here in West Tennessee. I'm your host, Scott Williams. Okay, Zach, before I introduce today's very special guest, what did you discover this week at Discovery Park of America? So this week I learned that the woolly mammoth we have here at Discovery Park was found in the year 2000, took three years to excavate. But most interesting about it was 10 years ago today, it was moved here from Obion County Museum. What? That's a great uh, fact. It's also, you know, a lot of the dinosaur bones, like most museums, these are actually recreated from Mm -hmm. the actual original bones. But that woolly mammoth is actually the real thing. So when people ask me what dinosaur bones are real, I always point them upstairs to that. Um, I also think it's fascinating. Many of our listeners have never been to the O'Brien County uh, Museum. I think it's interesting. It's an old church. What must it have been like? I wasn't here then. What must it have been like to have that great big giant woolly <laughs> mammoth in that little church uh, for people to walk around and see? So I think that's uh, very, very interesting. So good job. So our guests today are Tasha Gurley and Michael Avery. Tasha and her husband, Chris, are owners of Southland Safari. Um, that's in Tennessee. It's an, it's an only by appointment, professionally guided safari experience. And Michael is both a family friend of Tasha and Chris, but also, I don't even know if calling him a tour guide is enough of a uh, descriptor for what Michael does. Um, I'm going to have to call Michael a magic maker. So Tasha, let's get right into it. Um, it's pretty crazy that you and Chris own a zoo. How did that come about? So, um, you know, we spent many date nights going to Sonic because we had a little black cap capuchin and uh, we consider him our first child. Um, so he would we would go to Sonic out to eat and the monkey would go with us. I'm sorry to interrupt, but we have to go more deep into that part of your story real quick. So because I've always wanted a monkey when I was a kid. I wanted a monkey so bad and we have still my parents have like little lists of where um, I made up like the 20 things I would do if they would let me buy a monkey and and things like that. So so talk to me a little (laughs) bit about so you guys were dating when he introduced the idea that he wanted to bring a monkey into the uh, family relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Or did he already have it when you started dating him or was this new? So that was new. Um, So he grew up on a farm in Carroll County. And um, so he was very familiar with raising cattle and goats and that sort of thing. Um, So it kind of branched off when we bought buffalo. We bought five buffalo. um, And we were engaged at that time. But it kind of started out with the black cap capuchin. And then the five buffalo came. 
and um, it kind of just continued to spiral from there. Um, he started meeting and connecting with relationships with other zoos and safari parks. And then he was like, hey, I want a zebra. Um, hey, I, I want kangaroos. I want impala. So it just kind of spiraled from there. So let's go back to the monkey. So uh, before you got <laughs> to the monkey, where did you and your husband meet? We met in college. And where did you go to college? So we went to Jackson State starting out. This was back in 2002. Uh, so we met then. And um, we started actually with Jack, the black cap capuchin. Um, we got him in about 2003. So you're so you're going to college, and uh, what, what's your background? Where are you from? So I'm actually from Weekly County. Uh, grew up in Gleason. Uh, Chris is a Clarksburg native. He's grown up here in Carroll County. And so uh, you go off to college, and what was what is what was your major uh, going to be? Yep. So I was a social worker for 15 years prior to leaving that career and coming home to help Chris run Southland Safari. And that's kind of Michael's story as well. Well, he's not a social worker, but yeah, we're going to, we're going to get to Michael. We're going to get to Michael for sure as well. <laughs> so I'm, I'm curious. So you're dating, you're dating your boyfriend uh, or maybe he's your fiance by then. And he said, at what point is the, is the, does he introduce the fact that he wants to get a monkey um, and then you guys search for one for a while or you just all of a sudden he's holding a monkey? <laughs> I believe that was like probably the first date I ever had with him. All he talked about was animals. And um, of course, I didn't grow up on a farm. So for me to be just in the, you know, in the cattle pasture to see the cows, I was scared of those back then because I wasn't exposed to, you know, animals like that. But I think that was just always a conversation that he always wanted to have um, animals. And, you know, his vision was that he just wanted to have his own collection. And then it just kind of grew and spiraled from there through the years. Um, and so and so he when do you first meet the monkey? So it was sometime in 2000. Let's see. I transferred to Bethel. Um, and I actually took the monkey to Bethel with me. So that would have been 2005. Okay. So, so your boyfriend comes and says, I have a baby for us. And it's, it's, it's Jack. Uh, what was your first experiences with Jack like? The best to describe it is being a, um, a new mom. It's a lot of responsibility. Um, I don't think people really realize the care that monkeys require. Um, of course we were new to taking care of him. So like I said, you couldn't just, um, of course I, by then I'd graduated college and so I had to have a babysitter. <laughs> so our grandmothers kept the monkey and, um, aunts and uncles would keep him. Um, so he was just, he was just like a real human baby <laughs> to us. And how old Kinda was wild, he? Huh? How old was he when he first came to live with you guys? He was about six months old. Oh wow! So he was a baby monkey. Yeah, he was a baby. He was a baby. Mm -hmm. 
Um, so you've got you've got this monkey, and you, you know I don't know. There's not a lot of uh, women out there who uh, would so quickly adapt to raising a baby monkey. Then came along the buffalo. So he ended he ended up selling his cattle, his goats, and said, you know, uh, I want to go get buffalo. Okay, so here we go. Um, people in town probably absolutely thought he was crazy. And Michael was actually on the grounds when we first got our first five buffalo. So he probably has some excellent stories to tell about that. Um, so, yeah, we bought um, five buffalo and they were the, kind of the first animals that made their transition to what now is Southland Safari. So, Michael, tell us a little bit um, about your past and uh, your path uh, to working at Southland Safari. Well, me and Chris, we were big buddies growing up uh, in school. He was a little bit older than I was, uh, Tasha. Me and her actually went to school together at Tatertown in Gleason, Tennessee, before I moved to Clarksburg. And so it was quite a surprise whenever I come over to Chris's house to eat some chocolate oatmeal cookies his mom had fixed us. And I see Tasha sitting on the couch because back then I thought the world was a great big place. And uh, for them too to meet in Jackson, Tennessee, which is the biggest town I'd ever been to in my life at the time. I thought, what are the odds, you know? And we bounce ideas off of one another. And then I'm at school one day and he calls me. He said, what are you doing when you get out of school? And I said, well, nothing. What do you need? He said, I need some help. I said, what do you need help with, Bubba? He said, I bought some buffalo. I said, buffalo? What in the world are you going to do with buffalo? He said, I don't know, but I bought them. And that was kind of how our relationship in the zoo world began, was me over here helping events and uh, Bill Barnes, things like that, uh, when we first began. And, and we kind of learned about these animals as we went. Uh, a lot of other zoos would teach us stuff uh, on ways to work with animals, special feeds that they needed, uh, medicines, vaccinations, things like that. And we were uh, trial by fire there for the longest, you know, and it really helped us along the way to make it where we are now. So you, uh, what what was your vision for what you wanted to do someday when you grew up, when you were a kid? Was it work with animals? I always worked with animals my entire life. Um, me and my dad, we raised coon hounds when I was a kid. Uh, then I got into horses. The older I got, I used to ride a lot of horses, break a lot of horses for the community. Uh, so it always had a, a good handle on the way animals move, their their likes, their their body compositions on things that whenever they were displeased with us or whenever they was happy. And uh, it really translated over to this world. Uh, the uh, It's the same thing, uh, really, with a lot of these animals that you can learn from your, your dog you have at home or your cat you have at home. Uh, you can pick up on little subtleties, and it's just a lot of common sense that, that fell in this way. I didn't ever think I'd be a zookeeper uh, or, or a tour guide or, or whatever you want to call it that I do now. Uh, but I always had interest in being creative with things, and that's where I really stepped in when he called me a few years ago and said, Michael, I need you here full time. And I said, okay, uh, what would you like for me to do? I want you to tour guide. And, and work here on the farm every day with me. And I said, well, that's a, a big possibility. It was uh, stepping out on a branch and not knowing how it was going to work because we already agreed 
if the animals didn't like it, was going to shut it down. So it was a big step for, for Chris. It was a big step for me. It was a big step for Tasha as well, who um, she also had a 40 hour week job and as did I. And we kind of worked here part time uh, over the last, you know, 18, 19 years, like she alluded to earlier. And it was just a big step out to see what, what we could make. It. And uh, it has been nothing but absolute uh, a thrill, thrill ride the whole time. I go by the 90-10 rule. I'm working so it's good 90% of the time and only bad in, I'm in, you know. Uh, when I'm out touring and, and taking people around, I'm having a big time. You know, we're cutting up. We're having a good time. When I pick up a full poop, and there's a little bit of story there. Uh, but it, like I said, it's only it, – the necessary stuff that it takes to run a zoo that a lot of people don't think about. It's not even that bad because uh, you're out. I've always been an outdoorsy person. I've always liked to be outside. I've always loved to be around animals and work with them. And so it really fit my personality and my lifestyle to come here and, and be with these guys full time. So, Michael, walk me through a little bit of what I would experience when I bring my wife and daughters and their boyfriends to Southland Safari Park um, there in Clarksburg, Tennessee. Walk me through what the experience would be. The first thing you experience is me. I'm the face of the franchise, okay? I'm the smartest person I know. I'm probably the smartest man in the whole world. I introduce myself to you guys. We bring you in. Then we get the party started, okay? We give you all the feed you could ever want uh, to feed these guys directly out of your hand if you wish. For the most part, it's all complimentary. It's part of the price that's up front. You don't, we don't nickel and dime you here. So, uh, what you're going to get to do is you're going to get to go through. You're going to get to see over 700 of the ugliest animals you ever seen in your life, and we're going to talk to you about all the different species, which is totaling about 57 currently here on the farm. And I'm going to tell you some fun facts about them, where they're from, uh, what they like to eat, different facts from all these different animals that you're going to see. And we're going to have some lighthearted humor along the way. If you if you haven't already picked up on the sarcasm, maybe you are now. Um, but we're going to tell a lot of fun jokes, uh, stuff that's very family friendly. Uh, we are considered an educated tour. Um, that's why there's no taxes included on your price whenever you uh, come visit us. And uh, you're going to go out here. You're going to get to meet Benny the Rhino, uh, which is a, a very big baby boy. He's only about 2,500 pounds right now. He'll be about 5,000 when he's fully grown. Uh, we are the first private individuals ever to have a rhino in the state of Tennessee. And so that was an exciting time. And you're going to get to see some very rare animals as well. A lot of animals that are on the endangered list. Uh, some of them we have here. There's only six of them in the United States, like the Ardwolves. Uh, you probably never see them again the rest of your life in any other place in the entire world. Uh, so it's just a lot of different animals. It's a lot of different information that we throw at you. We've had people come back five or six times, and they still learn something every time that they come back because it's so much information that we give to you. Uh, and when there's so much uh, new babies that are coming in constantly, you know, we work with zoos in 48 states in the United States. We work with zoos in Germany, South America, Africa as well, you know, even Canada. And so we're constantly evolving as we grow into this business that we've got into. Uh, and uh, we're bringing in new animals just constantly here at the park. And it's a lot of a learning curve for uh, us and our staff. 
but it's a, an excellent opportunity for everybody to meet these guys at the same time. It's just a, a great experience that you won't get anywhere else in the state of Tennessee, okay? We're one of three facilities in the United States built this way, where you can stay the night surrounded by animals on our grounds and then come to a fully guided tour the next day. It's uh, it's truly an experience that nobody really understands that they're going to get until they get here on this property. I want to talk a little bit more about uh, tourism and how you guys are uh, uh, creating this this tourism product but we're going to do that right after we take a quick break ducks unlimited podcast delivers engaging and entertaining discussions focused on all things waterfowl science research hunting migration and much more the entertaining hosts provide compelling conversations about waterfowl with special guests Ducks Unlimited magazine contributors, state and federal agency biologists, and DU conservation staff throughout North America. Search Ducks Unlimited and download on your podcast catcher of choice. I hope you're enjoying the Real Foot Forward podcast from Discovery Park of America. If you are, please be sure to subscribe, rate, and leave a positive review on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. This is your host, Scott Williams, and our guests today are Tasha and Michael um, with Southland Safari, which is only about an hour from Discovery Park. I looked it up, uh, and they're located between Memphis and Nashville somewhat. Uh, so great location for people who are coming to visit Discovery Park. You can go to Southland Safari first or after. Um, we've been we've we've heard a lot about the park. Uh, talk to me a little bit about tourism and how you're targeting uh, visitors to our great state. Yeah, so um, we we do a lot of Facebook advertising. Um, so we pinpointed areas. People from Kentucky, Alabama, um, surrounding Tennessee, um, I'd say probably a 300 to 500 mile radius or so. Um, so most of our guests hear about us through our Facebook advertising. Um, so a cool little introduction to how we share the Discovery Park is, you know, um, I think Casey Munch has done a really good job Um kind of marrying, I guess, Northwest Tennessee and connecting businesses. Um, so a big part of what we do, I mean, people come to Southland Safari to see our animals stay in our cabins and all that. But the big question that we get is what else is there to do? And so in each of our cabins, we have seven cabins that are available for rent. So we like to team up and kind of handshake with the Discovery Park and say, hey, our family's been out there. It's great. Y'all need to go check them out. It's only an hour away. And I know some of our visitors have done that. Um, so for tourism, like I said, it, we're pulling in from about a 500 mile radius. What's, what's really cool, um, we've had two guests all the way from Alaska um, found us on Facebook. So thanks to social media. Um, well, and Michael, Michael talked us through what the experience is actually there in the park. What, what are the cabins like and what is the overnight experience like? Yeah, so we built a campground. Um, the vision for that is we wanted to be able to give families a way to 
disconnect from the busyness of life and create um, more of a family united uh, experience where they could fish. Uh, we've got a pond in the center of the campground. People bring their fishing poles. It's stocked with catfish, brim, bass. Um, so for some, that's uh, something that some children have never been able to experience. Um, if they live in the city, perhaps, and um, maybe they've just never experienced catching a bass and how exciting that is. Um, so they go fishing. We built a pavilion and grill. So we've had families come out and do um, big grill outs. And um, so that's pretty fun to watch. There's a fire pit. They can roast s'mores and hot dogs. Uh, there's a playground area, but most importantly, I think what people love is uh, the petting zoo. Uh, so the petting zoo wraps around the campground. Uh, it makes a horseshoe shape around the cabins. So when you check into the cabins, there's a bucket of feed on your front doorstep with some bowls. And so you can go up and feed all the animals. There's llamas, alpacas, axis deer, uh, goats. Um, so all these animals come up and they'll let you pet them. You can feed them. And so I think that's what travelers really love is they get to interact with those animals the whole time that they're getting that camping experience. Well, and I'm looking at your 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 website has uh, pictures of everything that you guys do. I'm looking at the ultimate adventure uh, encounter one night cabin stay with safari tour the next day for six people. Um, mm -hmm. That's exactly what I'm going to book when we get off of this podcast recording. There um, we go. My daughter's birthday is coming up and I, I've been looking for something to do. So this looks like a fun thing to do. I um, have no doubt she'll enjoy it. Is there, are there things there in town? Are there places to eat like restaurants? Is there some place I can go eat when I'm there? Yeah. So there are restaurants that are three to 10 miles from the campground. Um, we don't have a restaurant on site, but like I mentioned, the, the book that's in the cabin, which we've added the Discovery Park in there as a list of places for people to visit when they're in the area. Um, it also has a list of restaurants that our family recommends. And so um, we, um, yeah, so three to 10 miles, you can grab you something to eat or we have a wonderful little grocery store in town called the Clarksburg Supermarket. And might I add, they have the best, the very best meat. There's people that travel from all around to, to buy our meat from our little grocery store. So you might just stop there, grab you some steaks and pork chops, hamburgers, and throw it on the grill. Well, I, so I'm, I've gone to your website and I've copied the link. I'm going to send it to my family and start trying to schedule uh, when we're going to come there. Are there any times in particular that uh, uh, we should stay away from? Do you guys close down for a period of time? So um, we do close down um, close to Thanksgiving. We will run some VIP tours around the Thanksgiving holiday. Um, but for the winter months, we close down and and you know, work on the trucks, get everything repainted and just kind of get everything fixed back up. And then we open back up the second weekend of March. 
So um, not a bad time to come. In fact, I think fall is probably my favorite season. Um, it's cool, crisp. If you're doing the camping experience, I think you just get the complete uh, camping experience with them, you know, doing the s'mores, roasting hot dogs and fishing and all the animals. It really is a good time to just, re re you know, rest, relax, recharge. Um, and just like Michael said, get to see all the cute little animals out here. But most importantly, I love the educational part. Um, people really get out here to learn more and more and more. And like Michael said, people who have come out here four or five, six times, they learn something new each time. This is fantastic. I'm so excited. Um, I can't wait to uh, come and see you guys. Uh, can you do us a favor? So, um, um, Zach here, who promotes the podcast, he always has to have a little picture. Would you guys take a picture of your the two of you with the kangaroo? And Michael, you got to have that pith helmet on um, to, pro <laughs> to promote the podcast. Yes, we'll do that. This is my magical hat, Scott. Uh, we do some tricks around the farm uh, with my magical hat. Uh, when you and your family come out, you'll each have to have one before you leave. Uh, you may want to hang it up in your office back here on the wall. Uh, while you're doing it but uh yeah uh, we'll get some photos taken of us with mo and everybody and uh, we really appreciate you guys having us on today thank you so yeah. much yeah you bet and we'll and whatever pictures you send us zach let's put them down in the show notes down in a little photo gallery so people can actually uh see some of the animals we've been talking about um thank you guys so much we really appreciate you uh being yes with us. well thank y'all for inviting us we we've enjoyed it and we really appreciate the connection and collaboration. And thanks to all you listeners who've joined us here today at Discovery Park of America. Our mission here is to inspire children and adults to see beyond, as you just heard. To plan an experience here for you and your family, visit discoveryparkofamerica.com. Discovery Park of America.